another episode of a whole lot of gray i'm anish and today i'm joined by mr sharad sharma the co-founder of ice spirit which i guess is i let him get into the meat of it but is best described as a think tank for software products if that's fair assessment of it um but thank you mr sharad for joining us today thank you thank you for having me yeah so um i guess before we dive into i guess the you know deeper parts of this interview um uh, just kind of walk myself and my listeners through what is i spirit the kind of work you guys do and maybe like what is your motivation and inspiration to start this think tank so i spirit is a non-profit technology think tank and uh, it's india focused and it's its goal is to make india a product nation and uh, you know we'll unpack what that means yeah. as we go along but the mechanism of making that happen is to supplement state capacity and market capacity and on the state side we build this or help build this digital public infrastructure some of which uh, people know of as india stack health stack etc uh, as well as influence policy uh, right. that is needed for innovation to happen uh, on the market side we help market players with playbooks as well as market catalysts right. these could be to do with motivating money to be invested in the area or it could be market collectives that come together to do things that may they may not have been able to do so for example sahamati is a market collective in the account aggregator space right. that was incubated by i spirit connects lenders and buyers and stuff it connects right? it, yeah. it it underpins the data infrastructure that we have right. so uh, so we are uh, we are we would say probably halfway through our journey yeah. uh uh you know uh, we have a long way to go yeah. and uh, and many of us have been uh, kind of there as volunteers so what sets us apart is that this is a volunteer based think right. tank and uh, we call ourselves no greed no glory volunteers and why do we do that because by not having any greed we let the market actually make money because we think india's hard problems are going to be solved only in a market based ecosystem using entrepreneurs and if they're solving a problem you know they should be able to make money solving yeah. that problem uh and no glory means that we don't step in front of the policy makers who have to stick their neck out to do something different it's very hard to do that here in india and so we don't uh, take credit away from a success uh, that they may have helped bring to life right. so so that is how it is and uh, we are relatively small uh, because to implement no greed no glory uh, you need a social compact social compact works only up till the dunbar's limit yeah. which is you know nobody knows what the exact number is but it's about 150 is what people speculated to be we are currently about 186 volunteers so we are roughly yeah. about that number at any point in time and uh, and uh, so that's really what i speak so it's a example of a volunteers coming together yeah um, and just to finish some people call us ietf of the east ietf stands for internet engineering task force at nice. some point you know we can we'll talk that, about yeah. why that's the foundational piece of what internet is and others also call us the lunar society of india wow. and lunar society goes back to the 18th century in uh, in uk and included the grandfather of charles darwin james watt priestley many others who laid the foundation for the scientific revolution that happened in europe uh, as a set of volunteers so so you know but actually these are only partial 
explanations of what i spirit is <laughs> no no i think that's a that's a great yeah. intro for our listeners um i want to touch on something and like you said we'll unpack a lot of the terminology as we go along but something as basic as digital public infrastructure how would you describe it to a lay person yeah so uh the easy way to think of it is to compare it with physical infrastructure so when we think of transportation infrastructure for example airport railways roads this is usually public infrastructure although you know many of our airports are privately provisioned public infrastructure right so if you go to delhi uh, mumbai or bangalore you know these are private airports but they operate under a charter under a license from the government uh, if you go to pune and chennai they are publicly provisioned public infrastructure so 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 first is there is this notion of infrastructure physical infrastructure why is that important because it lets people innovate on top of that you know electricity is very often regarded as infrastructure privately provisioned infrastructure uh, and uh, then you can also think of telecom infrastructure right. right our our mobile operators are part of a licensing regime uh, which uh, ensures that this is public infrastructure now what's the difference between public infrastructure and private infrastructure right so what's an example of a private infrastructure in our digital world for example all the cloud computing players are private infrastructure aws microsoft azure even for for that matter you could say that uh, the play stores yeah. are are private, private infrastructure so infrastructure is important but what's the difference between the two the difference is that if people innovate on top of the private infrastructure the private infrastructure has the right to quote unquote tax it right right so if i make lots of money on the apple store i am obliged to give them 30% tax right, right. Uh, same is the case with cloud infrastructure they can choose to tax it right. if they so like the notion of a public infrastructure is that that's not possible yeah right and because uh, in public interest because it's in public interest yeah. and therefore if you are an innovator on top of the public infrastructure then you don't have to worry that if i become super successful you know this will in some way take away some of the value that i create yeah. uh, so that's the difference now now coming back to digital infrastructure so what became clear to us sometime in 2013 2014 that uh, you know india was going through a revolution at that time uh, which was to do with saas software as a so service yeah. players we know of uh, you know companies like zoho uh, freshworks uh, you know fusion charts many others and uh, they were all coming up and starting to do well and they were all based on this cloud infrastructure and we realized that uh, you know as much money as our saas players will make <laughs> the same amount of money you know these digital infrastructure people will make yeah. and so we asked ourselves a question if our future digital infrastructure is all foreign right how is this a good thing we'll Last become year. a digital colony exactly and so a conversation started at that time and saying what part of that digital infrastructure should actually be indian right and and the way to frame that problem for us was the digital infrastructure that allows innovation to happen for bharat right 
that we should worry about Absolutely. because first the west has no motivation to create it yeah. they don't even know what it is exactly. second is we got to figure this out for ourselves for sure. and if we figure it out for ourselves we can actually build it ourselves right. so after much discussion we had a very minimal dis- definition of this kind of infrastructure and that is that all digital infrastructure that mediates the flow of people flow of money and flow of information should be indian in nature right. so that became the basis for india stack wow. and that is a term that we have used till almost september of last year yeah. and in september of last year uh, you know india was at the threshold of taking leadership of g20 and it was also clear at that time that you know many other countries wanted to replicate the india story so calling it india stack for everybody else is not a just good move, yeah. it did just didn't make sense right. so at that time we kind of created this new term called digital public infrastructure right and so kind of to uh, add to that is if you could maybe shed some light as to you talk about a lot of other countries seeking to emulate what we've done with india stack right rather you guys have done with india stack um why is india stack so revolutionary and unique you know because what has happened is the way to think of it is it isn't so revolutionary actually as an idea as an implementation the fact that we were able to do it here in india is revolutionary but the idea that hard problems are solved as a jugalbandi as a partnership between private innovation and public good is not a new idea right and that's been an idea that's been around for a long time uh usually that public good that you have is public research right so for example the mrna vaccine that we talk about is a result of public research in mrna and and private innovation on right. the vaccine side right you could say this is exactly you know what happens in many other areas right and internet itself is a result of public kind of technology arpanet and subsequently internet uh and then the innovation that has happened on top of it so the idea is not new yeah and what had happened is that it was clear that if we were going to solve the hard problems of bharat then we needed innovation to happen and why not have that innovation take place in this form of course yeah the problem that we had was that public research cannot be done easily in a volunteer model right but public technology can be done <laughs> easily in a volunteer mode yeah. right True. and because of open source and you know people willing to donate their time and effort it is possible to make yeah. that happen so therefore the india version of that model became that can we use public technology and private innovation to solve india's hard problems especially as they relate to not the bharat and i should take a minute to uh, describe what bharat is so bharat is really india to and india 3 so india what does that mean india is a big country right 300 million people so if you take india 1 as 100 million the richest 100 million yeah. families in then india 2 the second 100 million families and india 3 is the remaining 100 million families the middle families are serviceable by the market right but they need new business models to make it happen right. a very good example is jio mostly serves india 2 right and it does very well as a business doing it but it, they had to rethink their business completely right. to be able to do that india 3 is the poorest part of india right. and therefore that realize one interruption my bad yeah. just just so i'm following correctly 
the 300 million thing is an example scaling it into like three tiers right it's not 300 like 300 million is actually the number of families that we have oh 300 million households is households okay yeah. Yeah, yeah not yeah. population count right okay cool that's how so 300 yeah. million Continue, families yeah. uh, is what yeah. we have so the so india 300 million families right they don't generate enough disposable income to participate in the market right. so they are dependent on government services right. instead of private services so the thinking for us was how can we make sure there is innovation that happens right. in that category as well so what would be the set of building blocks which are publicly available building blocks that would be that would unlock this innovation right, right? and so this thinking as i said the core concept is not new but its implementation in this form in it's india is new and also the fact that we thought of doing it as public infrastructure rather than private infrastructure doing it as a as a as a uh, by by making it privately provisioned by looking at it as a combination of what the state is doing what's the what the volunteers are doing what the market is doing and bringing it all together pooling all uh, those resources all where together. it all so, together so so right? for example yeah. upi is free for all of us yeah, right true. isn't it but everybody uses upi only with a private player yeah so obviously it has animal spirits in it yeah. now how does it have animal spirits if it's free to the consumer yeah right yeah now you would say then it must be monetizing your data as as the internet but it's yeah. not right because right. it's actually public infrastructure is very secure in that way so then thinking about not only the upi protocol right the but also the business model that yeah. would and then the policy architecture that would enable all that you know that specifics right are what make the india story uh, very so unique, very yeah. interesting and unique so one thing to touch on speaking on uh, upi um, just for any non indian listeners it's a unified payments interface mm-hmm. right and um, it's really changed digital transactions here in modern india um, for example i guess the best example i can give to any american european listeners is if you have venmo or cash app or apple pay or google pay whatever else you can only make a payment to someone with that same app and platform but thanks to upi here in india uh, mr sharad can have google pay and i can have paytm and we can send money back and forth all through this unified payments interface so um keeping that in mind and that obviously we are definitely leaders in that sense why do you think other countries have been maybe so reluctant or so slow or do they simply not have the chops to get to this point wherein i can use a venmo to send money to a paypal and vice versa yeah the main reason is that look it's easier to do disruptive stuff if the old system is not very well established <laughs> yeah right that's the reality so, yeah. so in india you know uh, there was a need to have a mass market payment system a digital payment system and ordinarily what should have stepped in would have been the credit cards right, right? or the cards and uh, and you know we had only about 24 million people who had been given a credit card in 2016 although visa mastercard had been in india for 30 years and uh, so that wasn't very well established and it wasn't working right so if i'm a merchant uh, you know then and i want to collect money by credit card you know getting a merchant account is a 100 page agreement that i have to sign yeah. or needed to sign at that Back time the day, yeah. then you need a pos machine to spend money and then if somebody is paying me 100 rupees i'm only going to get 98 rupees or so right. you know uh, so 
it wasn't a proposition that was very attractive for small merchants. Right. In UPI, all that they need is a QR code that they have to print. They don't need any equipment. You know, they don't need any new yeah. POS machine. Their operating right? costs are nil, are nil much, yeah. actually. So, and they get all 100 of the 100 rupees that the customer is paying. Sure. So, obviously, uh, you know, this system was more appropriate for India. And so, therefore, over time, it took off. Now, your question is, why are other countries not copying it? And they are. I mean, Brazil has a PIX system, which is, as they describe it, inspired by UPI. There are other countries which are also taking it on. The the global north is, is slower to take this on. And uh, it's for the same reason that if you go to Europe, you are unlikely to see the Japanese or the Chinese bullet trains come to Europe. Right. Right? Because they say, hey, hard trains are... Between works, 250 yeah. and 300 kilometers. Yeah. Yes, they're not 500 kilometers. Yeah. But, you know, we'll take what we have and build on it and right. improve it. Why do we if need to rip it out? It kind of, you know, yeah. why should we do this? So UPI is the Chinese, Japanese bullet trains <laughs> in the payment system. Right. And so those people who have a reasonably good, you know, card-based payment system as much, much of the global not does, yeah. you know, they are not necessarily interested. That's but the global point. south, which doesn't have a good... Uh, payment system or digital payment system just like India didn't have it five years ago they are very interested and they will they are taking it up and taking it on in a absolutely way. wow no I like I mm. think it's a great analogy the the bullet train one especially yeah. um going into maybe on the on the policy side a bit right um would you say also that our government has you know created an environment which is you know conducive to promoting digital public infrastructure in the India growth story is that they're obviously a huge stakeholder in this, right? Absolutely. And without them, it won't have happened. It wouldn't have been possible. And, uh, you know, what, the idea that just like digital public infrastructure unlocks innovation in the hands of the innovators to serve customers that may have been otherwise marginal customers and therefore could not be addressed, Digital public infrastructure in the way the, in, the Indian model is unlocks a new type of regulation in the hands of the regulator. And that is called techno-legal regulation. So let's step back and think for a moment as to what regulation is, what the purpose of regulation is. The purpose of regulation is to have good behavior of the market players. Right. Right. And, uh, and basically, you know, one way to do that is to say, if you don't behave properly, um, then I will put a fine on you and I will, you know, penalize, them penalize you yeah. and so on and so forth, right? And, and that public policy is framed to make that happen. Right. Now, in India, that is a somewhat weak tool that is there. Uh, simply because our court system are so clogged yeah. that it leads to litigation and then you so know the whole backlog thing backlog is there yeah. right and it becomes uh, you know a harassment yeah. for everybody concerned and you know all kinds of problems arise so the other way to think of it is that why not think of public technology and public policy acting together to ensure good behavior of the people and uh, this approach is called techno-legal regulation. Right. Now, this techno-legal regulation turns out is very important in the digital space, particularly when it relates to data. Right. Right. Why? Because the old model operates so slowly in a system that is not familiar with all the harms that can be caused 
you know, by malicious players in the market right. that they, it is not able to actually provide effective governance, Absolutely. not just in India. Actually, you can say anywhere in the world. In general, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so if, but when you begin to think of, of public policy and public technology coming together, you know, the, the metaphor, the picture I want to invoke in your mind is that if you are on a potter's wheel and trying to make a pot, yeah. you, know, you need to apply both hands to make it happen. Yeah, you cannot true. do it with one hand. Absolutely. So those two hands are public policy and public technology. Right. So the Indian implementation of public infrastructure involves public technology right. that lets, let's say, a phone pay innovate better as a payments player, but lets RBI regulate better as a regulator of the payment space. Right. Yeah. So, so, so that, of course, puts further burden on having good design of public technology, but that's the benefit that we have. We have hugely talented people Absolutely. in India, you know, certain world-class people uh, who are willing to devote time. Right. And small number of people can actually do extraordinary design. Right. So coming back to this, the Indian government has embraced this idea Absolutely. of techno-legal regulation. Right. So they become champions of this because they can see the benefits of serving the Bharat yeah. market. They can see the benefits of better regulation. And therefore, we are in a position to create better market ecosystems right. than would have been the case earlier. No, absolutely. I think that's very well put. Um, and I think one thing which is so important is, like you said, using phone pay and RBI as examples, you kind of have, okay, the central bank doing what they can do best and a company like PhonePay, which has, I mean, no shortage of like capital resources, actual tech chops, doing what they do best. So merging the two is what really makes this such a potent beast, right, to be reckoned with. Um, going back to how, you know, India can position itself as a leader in this space. I mean, and we already are leading. Um, is it something as simple as, hey, listen, here's the template and we'll kind of, sell it to you and walk you guys through it, what what exactly does the global angle become? Like, how do we export this? Yeah, we, we got to export it at three levels. Okay. One is in some cases, we can just give them a packaged uh, solution, right? Uh, but for them to contextualize and implement it there, they need to understand the principles that right. it embodies. So that's the second layer. And very often, even behind the principles, there are also standards that need to be taken into account because, you know, multiple things have to come together. So what India is slowly doing is to build institutions that can help, uh, you know, other countries in all the three dimensions, right? right? So for for example, uh, in, there, is a, there is an effort in IIIT Bangalore called uh, MOSIP and... Uh, and, and that's been very successful. That provides a modular open software for ID. Yeah. And it's, it's being, you know, 10 countries are using it. And I think as of now, about 90, peop 90 million people have already been onboarded. You know, those 10 countries' population is 350 million. They'll, you know, so we will get there relatively quickly in about 12 to 18 months. Yeah. And there are enough countries in the queue that we should get to a another billion people, another 18 months from now. Right. So that's an example of making this available for free right. uh, because India has a long tradition of giving away our, our cultural artifacts. Yeah. And I'll explain that also in a minute. Uh, so that's one. 
The second is the principles that underpin it. Now, the principles of design, like I said, you want it to be techno-legal regulation. How do you make sure that is done well? How do you make sure interoperability right. is built in? How do you make sure that it doesn't change the balance of power between the citizen and the state? Right. right? So it does not give the government uh, more powers than necessary. Than necessary yeah. Because India is a democracy and many of the countries that are taking this are democracies. So right. this is an important issue for them. So there's a set of principles, uh, right. you know, that are very, very important. And the last bit, of course, is standards. And so what, where are we today? We are slowly building out the the institutional structure to be able to help people. Uh, so f with respect to principles, you know, even these questions, you know, how could you have something free if it has animal spirits, you know, and and is public infrastructure. So right. how, how, you know, how do market players make money? Without money, they won't make have a, a, anim, animals. So what's the mechanism? What are the options? Is this right for us? Should we look at another option? Those kind of questions are going to be answered in a center of excellence that is being set up in IM Bangalore, nice. and which is going to be inaugurated in the coming months. And uh, so they will answer these kind of questions. And then we are at the cusp of setting up standard standard bodies, because today all the standard bodies are, are uh, in the West, right? And so IETF, for example, is a standards body, right. uh, which uh, uh, owns the standards the fundamental standards of the internet. Yeah. What are those? Those are TCP IP, you know, uh, it's SMTP session, uh, 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 simple message transfer protocol. It's, uh, it's SIP, session initiation protocol, and so on and so forth. Yeah. So all those protocols are owned by that volunteer body right. called IETF. They kind so, of have a monopoly on it, you'd say? They, it's not a monopoly, but the point is we have a choice of giving our standards to them. Yeah. They'll happily take it with both hands yeah, and yeah. then share it with the rest of the world. Right. But I think the current thinking is that India should actually create the the new generation standards body right. in a multi-stakeholder fashion right. so that everybody has participation because the countries that we are going to mostly serve are global south right. and we have a very high trust relationship with them today right. so therefore and an ietf focuses mostly on global north exactly. because their right, public yeah. infrastructure was meant for global north so so it will be best that we collaborate with each other, but create our own standards right. body. So I think another one or two years from now, we'll have the institutional structure in place right. that will allow us to share this much We'll have more like the way. FDA for India stack, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have institutions like that. Yeah, and yeah. and the, Now keep in mind that this is not a new concept if you right. take the long arc of history. Uh, so for example, I often tell the story that the best Indian art uh, is in London Museum. <laughs> now, they can't a have fact, a... Yeah. yeah, and for understandable reasons, right? Yeah. And if they put uh, a sign there, a plaque there, which says we, this is the best collection of Indian art, you know, it'll invite lots of flack, right? Yeah, because yeah, people sure. say, how did you get it, right? Yeah, yeah. So they have to put something else there. So that something else is, this is the world's largest collection of copyleft art. Ah. Right? Okay, yeah. So the Indian art is... is Indian philosophy deeply held is different. So when you create a new symphony, let's say Beethoven created a new symphony, he owned the symphony. He had copyright on that symphony. Yeah. Right? And recently, as you know, a new rag was created. Yeah. Right? But in the Indian model, in classical music, when you create a new rag, it is a public good right from day one. Yeah. 
right so a lot of indian art sculpture music and other forms of art are meant for public and therefore is public art and so all that that is happening is that india has a long tradition of sharing our own public goods with others and right. that's how yoga has traveled to the rest of the world it's like a so, 20 billion dollar industry in exactly stage, right? so the yeah. our our way way of thinking is that previously you know there was bollywood music classical music there was yoga and stuff like that but now there is in addition to those cultural artifacts we now have technology artifacts right. that are we built for ourselves yeah. for our own needs yeah. but we don't mind sharing with others because if other countries like ours can benefit from it that's good for us exactly. it's good for them right? right i mean and india has a long tradition of encouraging this to happen so this is not being seen from the point of view of purely at commercial venture no, no, but course. as part of Our long ethos history yeah. ethos and yeah. long history of india being a thought leader yeah. in the world and providing these kind of artifacts to the right. rest of the world right mm. uh, just a bit of a digression and um, no compulsion to answer anything just something you said mm. kind of you know triggered this uh, when we speak about india and its long standing history of kind of we're we're pretty lax about like you said sharing uh, cultural artifacts and exports right um i've always been curious as to at you know given that we work organized and i mean by everyone under the sun uh, multiple european conquests of course the moguls how do we kind of strike a balance between hey listen it is very indic of us right to ensure that we're not call, we're not claiming that this is exclusively for us we want to share it with the world how do we strike that balance of being inherently indian and staying true to those cultural roots and ensuring that history doesn't repeat itself where we get swindled and taken for a ride i guess like having standards and being global leader of course is one way but my biggest fear is you know people go like oh it's india we've done them before right, right. how do we strike that balance right so there are two ways to do that yeah. you know at the tactical level uh you know there's this wonderful new effort called nice uh, yeah, 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 uh, which is focusing on making sure that if indian somebody claims in the west that they run a ayurveda uh, clinic, clinic yeah. and then it should conform to what ayurveda is about right, right? absolutely and uh, uh so that is clearly something that we need to do more right. effectively uh, as we go forward but there is a deeper answer to this and the deeper answer is that we have to become an innovation society right right you know if you go back to maybe 11th century europe isn't the europe that we see today no absolutely you know europe became europe because there were a s- series of revolutions that took place yeah and the, the renaissance f- and the first is the renaissance exactly. the art yeah, revolution exactly. which yeah. happened in florence right yeah. then there was a there was a protestant movement that started off in central uh germany yeah. right martin luther was you know in uh uh frefort or you know i don't exactly remember the place but in central germany it started there right and partly triggered by by the printing press and yeah. and the and the and the fact that the catholic system there had all become about indulgences so when people right. read the bible they said you know this version of christianity <laughs> and what bible is saying i can't correlate yeah, yeah, i can't sure. correlate the two yeah. and that resulted in a very powerful kind of a movement uh, a reformation movement you know that led to the scientific movement Absolutely. which is where the lunar society comes in right right there's a group of 
ragtag group not even important people yeah. but who went on to become the james watt of yeah. steam engine priestly but who they started they, underground but right? they were all they why was it called lunar society because they used to meet on the full lunar night yeah right because Unbeknownst you know it would all, anyone, always yeah. get late during the day and the yeah. meetings would run into the night so at least they had some you know hopefully Elite, moonlight yeah. to get back home right yeah. <laughs> and so that transformed and you know as you see and you read books it changed the soul of the country Absolutely. right i mean that's how they describe it uh, but if you keep going further then there was this whole transformation that came on the back of it which is the industrial transformation and then came this whole idea of european you know governance because they had a problem you know they had villages they had small towns where 50% of the people were protestant and 50% of the people were catholic right. and they couldn't agree on anything like yeah. the world that we have polarized world which is your podcast yeah. you know the gray the yeah. gray ceases to exist Absolutely. you know so you are either this tribe or Very this black tribe or white. Yeah, and yeah. how do you now run a village right, right? and or a, or a town or a city so they had to reinvent what governance is can i do an aside which may be interesting for your no, listeners please, absolutely. you know where did that idea come from it came from thermal baths in germany so in thermal baths in germany you know for medicinal reasons everybody went in naked yeah wow the whole family was naked wow F- family and friends were naked but the rule was that when you're in a thermal bath it's not about your nudity because yeah. you're there for medicinal purposes not right. about your sexuality yeah it is really there for a purpose yeah, <laughs> which yeah, is yeah, to absolutely. which is for medicinal purposes yeah so they asked themselves a question when this breakdown took place yeah. first in germany and other parts of of europe because you know tribes had formed and right. they couldn't see eye to eye with each other they were literally killing each other <laughs> times yeah. and uh, so they said how do we govern so they said look i don't care whether you belong to this tribe or this tribe when it comes to governance you know we will be we'll the same ignore team, yeah. your 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 tribal background so we will ignore the fact that you're protestant or we'll ignore the fact that you are catholic right, right? and we will create this intertribal space yeah which is only for governance so when we're wow. talking about governance this is and that is the idea that right. took off which said let's separate religion church and state essentially yeah, state, yeah, right yeah. and then that became of course a prominent idea and became now we are back to square one today yeah see because you know i have a friend who is an anesthetist he was telling me that now in the us with uh, with uh, the new generation what's it called gen z, gen z right? yeah, yeah, yeah. you know they have had to modify the rules about mobile phones so now they have a protocol to sanitize the mobile phone so that the mobile phone can be taken into the operations theater no and sometimes way. when he is actually about to prick and put the person to give anesthesia yeah. and is telling that patient young patient gen z patient that now you know this is going to kick in and you're going to fall asleep yeah. and they're still on the phone at that point in That's time crazy. and uh, so now the implication of this is that when you are on your phone in your digital world you're only in your tribal world yeah yeah, yeah. for sure right yeah. and when you're in a tribal world you have only one responsibility to weed out that free that world from fake members of the tribe imposters yeah <laughs> imposters yeah. right so now there is for many of our people young people especially they are never living in any any intertribal space at all yeah because they are always in a tribal space Absolutely. so therefore communication yeah. has broken down 100% so one of the reasons i am here yeah. is anish because 
what you are doing yeah. is to try try and create that white space or Absolutely. gray space as you call it yeah. which is non tribal in nature 100% foster right? collaboration Bec- regardless of your for, background no yeah. matter what opinion you you exactly. have yeah. but let's look at the problem and yeah. see if we can be solution fashion, oriented yeah yeah, yeah fashion exactly. and answer to that and i think that's the need of the art that Absolutely. is the imperative that yeah. the every society has because every society you know we have people living in a digital world yeah, yeah. only in a digital sure. world as for we go sure forward. yeah yeah, yeah. No, no, very, very well put. Hmm. Um, and would you say that? So, I guess, kind of going back to that, is given that you know access to tech is not decreasing anytime soon. Uh, India also has a, I mean, a ridiculously young population, right? We have, I, I forget the exact number, but my question is, what gives you optimism, right? That hey, listen, we have so many young people. whether you're in rural haryana or bihar you have an internet connection a smartphone with the same instagram spotify that we're all using um what kind of gives you optimism that hey they will not fall prey to maybe what's happening to gen z in america which is becoming so obsessed and fostering that repeat cycle of tribalism yeah and, and sometimes being called as the lost generation right yeah. and uh, uh <clears throat> so let's let's unpack that yeah right? i'm guessing you're mid 20s yeah right look let's look back at the 25 30 years yeah. that you've been around you know yeah. some of it of course you weren't familiar but you yeah. you know this because there are first hand stories right. that you can hear you've seen an india change an india change where you know there has been some substantial welfare reform because of dbt right, right? if you're in india 3 you certainly have seen a revolution For sure, right yeah. there is little or no doubt For sure. if you're in india 2 you have seen market arrive at your doorstep right. in a way that was impossible right. some of that is still in the works you know we think we were early stages but there's a delta between but then and now but there is a very sure. big delta right and so when open network for credit open network for health open network for commerce and these open networks fully kind of take shape in the next few years this will be fully there right so you've seen this reform that has happened you've also if you go further you've seen physical infrastructure and all this has happened because of digital infrastructure 100%, right but digital public yeah. infrastructure but if you go back you've also seen physical infrastructure change i'm sure you remember how airports have changed oh, yeah, in yeah, india how absolutely. trains have changed how yeah. roads have changed all this is it. this is all visible to you you know sure. this is something that you see all yeah. the time if you go further you've seen how we've created world class services companies yeah. right if you look for you know amongst the best it services companies in the world yeah. you know comparable to accenture you know our tcs, TCS infosys yeah, yeah. and all are comparable yeah. you know our hospitals are world class yeah. right india is a hotbed for medical tourism our, and our stuff medical right? tourism yeah, yeah. you know our airlines compared to at least the airlines in the us are certainly yeah, <laughs> very yeah, good yeah, right yeah, definitely, uh, definitely. so so even the airports themselves and airports yeah. themselves uh, are good so we have been able to create large organizations you know our financial industry HDFC bank is amongst the best banks in right. the world. I could go on and on. Our our mobile operators, you know, I lived for many many years in the US and if you compare let's say Jio or Airtel or with with Vodafone and AT&T or, yeah. or there our operators are certainly better, right. right? And and you know not only cheaper but also better. Yeah. So we've learned how to create these large scale services organizations. Right. Uh, and all this has come in some sense because of what happened in 91 92 yeah. which was a liberalization yeah. revolution so so there is a whole s curve that we have witnessed right. over the last 30 years right which is been the basis 
for it has shaped the thinking of people right. it has given people a sense of optimism right. it's given people a sense of confidence it has you know given people a sense of belief in right. their own country right i mean Absolutely. and uh, so i think these are changes 100%. that are important 100%. but where i want to focus is that this s curve is also reaching its peak yeah right yeah and uh, and why what are what are the symptoms of this you know we are not able to create enough jobs right right why is that the case because the economic model that we have is not you know geared for that our education system is not geared to new pedagogy that we need to equip our people with which is self learning yeah. critical thinking yeah. we haven't done that we are also not fully ready for the future because our full readiness of the future is not to be better than pakistan yeah, but yeah, is to be better than china 100%. now the difference between that is that with reservist pakistan we are better in almost every yeah, yeah, facet yeah, that yeah, yeah. but if you compare with china we fallen behind right. uh, in a material significant way right. when it comes to building and science and technology based 100%. economy yeah, 100%, right yeah. so so as we look at this population right they while they are wedded in the last 30 years we have to prepare them right. so that india has this next orbit shift right. for the next 30 years right. so we have to first tangibilize that orbit shift so that they believe this is desirable right this is doable right and they have a place Absolutely. in making it happen yeah. right and i think that requires a set of conversations that we are not doing sufficiently right, right. now because uh, you know and this, therefore these kind of podcasts are important Arum, yeah. and so therefore we have to figure out right what to do as we go there now i'm optimistic you know why am i optimistic that yeah. was your question because to do this our people have to represent a few things they have to first not be completely mercenary yeah they have to in their job they have to look for money and yeah. meaning and i think you know i say this because you know about 30% of our volunteers are under 30 i would say the young population is more idealistic than yeah. my generation wow yeah right because i grew up in a in a environment of scarcity yeah doctor ban jao engineer ban jao That's civil it. Yeah, service yeah, yeah. mein chale jao you know one of those Three things, things you yeah, if yeah. you didn't do that you know you're then you miss the boat and yeah. you know so there was this scarcity principle fear you operated from there in the last 30 years people have not operated they're more in touch with our cultural ethos right which places enormous emphasis on inner work yeah. and looking inwards right, right so so the second thing that is there is i find that our people are wanting to be the best version of themselves right. and for that they are willing to participate in both ranbhumi yeah. and rangbhumi yeah so let me explain please of course if yeah. you want to be a marathon runner yeah and you're a good marathon runner yeah you obviously got to run marathon races because yeah. that will tell you whether you're getting better or worse 100%, right yeah. that is competitive yeah. and that competitive race you know brings out juices inside you <laughs> yeah. which forces you or encourages you adrenaline to dopamine everything on dopamine. the next level yeah. that is the ranbhumi so yeah. when you work inside a company you're yeah. in a ranbhumi because not everybody will get promoted right and not every company will do well right, right. so it's ranbhumi but also as a marathon runner a lot of it will depend on how you handle pain in the last 30 minutes true you know Uh, some of the some of these wimbledon matches uh, at match points are won not because 
Your he knows physical how to hit a skill is better than yeah, me. Yeah. It is it's because I have more yeah. mental, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Heart, capacity. Heart, soul, and spirit. Yeah, and, yeah. and then, then you. 100%. So therefore, working on that inner stuff is important. Right. And that requires to be in a Rangabhumi. Rangabhumi is a theater stage. Yeah. Why is that important? Because on a theater stage, you're not competing with your actor. Yeah. You're competing with yourself True. to be the best version of yourself. Absolutely. So if you have to have a population that has the wisdom to be the best version and has the mechanism, they have to invoke both these elements. And the society that teaches everybody to think in this terms right. is the Indian society. True, yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? 100%. So, and you, when you meet with people, you see people, they understand this. They are invoking this. Right. And so therefore, they are out there. Right. Say, if my company doesn't give me, it gives me money but doesn't give meaning, I'm happy to volunteer yeah, <laughs> and I, find meaning. Exactly, yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and uh, so there is, there, is this, there is this unleashing of... Uh, of of self confidence desire and is there which operates at the country level operates at a company level but it certainly operates at an individual level and i think you know in this new world that we are talking about which can be potentially disconnected you know which loneliness can be rampant you know it is people who embrace the indian ethos cultural ethos of seeing themselves yeah. uh, as as people who have an obligation to be the best version of themselves by working inside, not just outside. You know, I'll finish this part with a plug for one of my favorite persons. His name is Fanendra Sama. He used yeah, to be the CEO Red Bus, of Red Bus. You know, <clears throat> he, he has redefined entrepreneurship in India. You see, the Western idea, the American idea of entrepreneurship is to go west, right? So because that's how. It's it's about frontier and you know going conquest and stuff right yeah. and and conquer stuff uh, that generally you know is not understood deeply by by an ordinary uh, by a regular Indian and yeah, rightly so because that's not been our that's not how we experience are, yeah, yeah. right so our our lived experience however is that you know we are beings which have divinity inside surrounded by junk. And our life's purpose is to get rid of the junk. Yeah. And to get rid of the junk, you know, you've got to place yourself in situations that you know there are self-limiting beliefs. Self junk is stopping you from doing the next yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And, and uh, so entrepreneurship is a way to do that. Because entrepreneurship is about what? Leaving a comfort zone. Is about zone, yeah. quoting adversity. Yeah. Is about if, you, if you're if your podcast is growing at 30% month on month, you know, as an entrepreneur, you say, shit, man, how do I make it grow at 50% month Absolutely, on month? Yeah. Now, as you embark on that, right, it will push you outside your comfort zone. Sure. And as you push it outside your comfort zone, that gives you an opportunity to get rid of the junk that you have. True. So what Fanindra Sama says is that entrepreneurship is a self-purification process. Yeah. And earlier when he started saying that 10 years ago, you know, he would get... Uh, kind flag of a, it, yeah. yeah, not even flag people would think he's crazy. Yeah. No, and day before yesterday, he's I, on was, a different trip, I yeah. was in a launch of a VC fund, you know, surrounded by entrepreneurs. And and now that is the mainstream view yeah. of, uh, of an entrepreneur here in India. And that thinking, that by being able to now 
make entrepreneurship your own yeah. you know like we made rasgulla our own yeah. <laughs> we have done that right yeah. and and it's impossible to think that it came from somewhere else yeah. you know this ability to do that to entrepreneurship right. and therefore you know link it up with our our fundamental beliefs that life is not merely about outer goals it's also about in, inner Looking goals within, yeah. and 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 being able to see entrepreneurship uh, as a way of doing that and you know entrepreneurs are the are the backbone of the Change startup yeah, startup yeah, revolution sure. that you have yeah. and and so this is why i'm optimistic because wow. the bharat problems will so be solved by bharat entrepreneurs hopefully using some of the digital public infrastructure yeah. more that is coming Absolutely. and so i think we are we are on the right track we say. are on the right track i'm cautiously optimistic no i think that's i mean super articulate and there's so much in there which i think all our listeners should digest um and fun fact like india is one of the few civilizations in the world which hasn't you know had looking externally uh conquest um and colonialism as you know a centerpiece of our identity we've always prioritized meditation breathing looking within um mindfulness now is a very you know sexy term people like to throw around even that has its roots in indic origin so fun little fact and i agree i think that combo right of our enterprising never say die spirit and our indic roots do bode well but kind of just to play devil's advocate over here is majority of when we talk about you know increasing in tech access at all three levels right india 3 india 2 and india 1 um typically it tends to be an increase in social media right typically even if it's for professional business use and stuff um al- almost all major social media platforms are again non indian right you have your chingari and stuff but typically they're all american or something else then the second is whether it comes to consumption of content listening to music there's a huge correlation even in a country like india where the higher your purchasing power and higher your increase in disposable income the more access to the english language you're going to have right i think we can all agree with that uh, which is why even english medium schools you typically assume okay someone's from a certain income bracket my question is now if if we subconsciously are relating prosperity and success with being exposed to american social media listening to american music watching western movies speaking a western language all these things right isn't it that much tougher now to instill a sense of national pride in that person because i have associated success for so long with what i've seen on a hollywood silver screen or listening to spotify or all things that are inherently non indian right so how is it possible to kind of again balance that increase in prosperity access to tech globalization but still not i guess lose that sense of self and where we come from yeah uh, it's a very good question and uh, it's something that we should seriously worry about yeah so you know we have a road map of stuff that will come out as digital public infrastructure right uh but one of the most important ones uh that we haven't publicly talked about so this is the first time nice this okay is, yeah, yeah. Uh, this whole is lot of great gets exclusive it, on this one is yeah. about curation right. see what has happened is that let's say you know i was on twitter an hour ago and i go back and visit twitter again in those two hours you know perhaps 20 million messages have yeah. gone through gone yeah. through right and i have the time to only see 20 or maybe 200 of them right whatever that number may be now there is an ai system that 
picks those 20 out of the 2 million right is that yeah yeah that's, that's true right. for facebook that's true for instagram that's true for anything else company, that yeah. we have now that picking algorithm that curation is not controlled by me yeah if i had full control over it yeah then i could mitigate some of the problems right. that you're talking about maybe i don't want to spend time you know training that algorithm yeah. or setting that up then i should have a choice to say hey if i'm not going to do it i'm okay if this community that i'm part of does it for me right right i'll outsource it to them kind so of i outsource it to them and if that community is not willing to do this then i'm willing to say look i don't mind if my country chooses the stuff right. that uh, that is there in the, as a last resort is a faceless you know entity that has no that is not vested in my life in any meaningful way is actually controlling this right so what we need is actually a new type of a digital public infrastructure right that puts the control of curation in the hands of the individual right right now if you remember what is india stack about and why it's worked is because it gives agency to the citizen right and we have to find a way to give agency to the citizen in the social media world right now this is of course not easy to do it is hard to do because those companies are want to push back yeah of uh, course uh, uh, yeah. Uh, as they a, have very little in, incentive to comply right yeah so. and and in a big way but i would venture to i'll just leave it at this that if at all any country can pull it off it's us it yeah. yeah so so watch out for this uh, yeah. next year and uh, late next year and uh, so so it is things like this right that will allow us to do that now of course the question also is that in some ways when we say social media is changing culture it's changing therefore politics because you know politics is downstream from culture uh uh what we really are saying is that ai is changing that yeah right because actually social media is the first full manifestation of ai right the 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 half manifestation of ai was advertising right? yeah. digital advertising sure. so both of these obviously are changing culture right. and Absolutely. therefore downstream they're changing many other things as we go forward so the question is it's not merely by controlling social media it is by becoming an ai power in the world absolutely right yeah. and that's a longer topic but but the question is that is india merely going to be a consumer of ai models of the west or, or producer, china because yeah. these are the two people Behemoths, that were, yeah. or will it be a model maker by itself in right. the world and i think if this question be answer in a material way uh, then it will be good now unlike what i talked to you about curation which is you know we all have to wait till maybe end of next year or early 2025 this part on ai is going to come in the Sooner. next two months or so wow. so there's a major change that is coming and the, we've done actually it is not new it's been in the public domain so what we have done with account aggregator or personal health records which is mediating the flow of personal data is using a protocol called depa data empowerment and protection architecture we've always said that the current version is only half of it it's called the inference cycle and the training cycle is coming next and the training cycle is coming next and the training cycle then underpins a new type of ai economy and hopefully if it works here in india it will work in other parts of the world right. so i think we'll have three poles there we'll have an american pole a chinese pole and an and indian, indian pole. pole wow okay um yeah fingers crossed for that hmm. uh, just to touch on um something you said is 
like culture is these days getting shaped by artificial intelligence right i think there's no doubt about that um one thing i wanted to i guess get your take on is w- just l- let me ask you a question so last month was actually men's mental health month mm-hmm. right a bit of a digression but mm. you'll see where it all comes mm. together um if you had to again one of the lowest least talked about social media causes and stuff for men's mental health kind of went under the radar um so x number of suicide victims in india last year if you had to take a guess what percent were men what would you say i i have to believe the majority are men i think the yeah. gap is very very wide between men yeah. and women i don't yeah. know the numbers but take i would guess, yeah. guess you know i would say 70 80% would yeah yeah that's a very yeah. good guess it's huh. 75% yeah. of mm. uh, suicide victims mm. were men um that's pretty much on the money what Uh, so we have roughly what 1.4 billion odd people in our country right how many licensed therapists do you think we have in our country must be very few maybe 10000 yeah again on the uh, money yeah it's uh, around uh, like it's between 11 to 15k sure. uh, our prudent estimates hmm. um those are great guesses but uh, so my question is do you see i mean given that you know every like in a room of 10 people who are all suicide victims seven of them would be men that's just an alarming stat right um and in india there's obviously mental health is stigmatized it's there's barely any therapists available do you see ai in the indian case specifically playing a huge role in addressing this market gap of therapists because by the time we build institutions and have more licensed therapists and destigmatize mental health for men and women that's all macro level changes right that'll take a century AI kind of can happen more quickly, right? So do you think like having something like an artificial chatbot or an artificial therapist uh, which will redirect you to a suicide helpline or a professional therapist number, do you kind of see that having massive potential in our country which obviously has massive mental health problems? Yes. And and but it, you know, uh, an American so there are two ways to think about it. Yeah. One way is that we augment the therapists that are already there. Okay. Right. You know, we we can see AI is going to do that with programming. You know, and you right. always hear this. You know, every company wants to hire a 10x programmer. Yeah. You know, at 3x the price. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But usually there are very few. They're not there all the time. So what AI is going to do is going to turn a 5x programmer into a 10x programmer. Right. Is going to take a 1x programmer and turn into a 4x. Yeah. Just amplify them essentially. Right. Yeah. And so now, of course, one role of AI is therefore to augment. You know, yeah. to make. a doctor a super doctor a yeah. teacher a super teacher a yeah. therapist a super therapist and that is very important now my point however is that to deal with a suicidal uh, male or for that matter female a young suicidal person in india the answer to that is not the same as the answer the conversation that you need to have yeah. with that individual is not the same conversation that you'll have in the west right. because simply because people are planted yeah. you know their world is different right Absolutely. i mean and so so you have to have that different conversation that cultural so, context is the everything the cultural right? context yeah. is everything in these moments Absolutely. of stress right yeah. and if you don't connect culturally then it will appeal to a small sliver of what we call as 1a 1a remember is 100 million families yeah, yeah, yeah. is 1a is 30 1 is 100 million families 1a is 30 million families wow. right but th- those 30 million families are the ones who read english newspapers yeah. they listen you know, to spotify they they listen to spotify <laughs> <laughs> and stuff like that yeah. you know so that you know the the western uh, ai uh, engine may still help the Yeah. The, the, but that's a drop the in the ocean but yeah. that's a drop in the ocean right that's yeah. 
30 million families out of the 300 million families that right. we have so we need something for the remaining 270 Absolutely. million families that has to be culturally you know it has right. to fit that culture yeah. and if you have to fit that culture that has, has to us, be yeah. it has to be made by us Absolutely. and if we therefore become only a consumer of ai models yeah. it won't be made for us right so why would anybody bother what to make it yeah, yeah, they only sure. understand what we are talking exactly. about until we make a model making country it will not happen wow. so i think what you are saying is absolutely right yeah. now you know there is a facet of what you are talking about which is the gender dynamics which i think is completely broken it's very controversial i won't get into details yeah. but yes i think what is happening is that we are losing this uh uh bearings on 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 young men right yeah. and they are they are they, we have to make sure you know we don't lose them because yeah, yeah, sure. uh because no society just the way it, we shouldn't lose young girls we yeah, shouldn't yeah, lose absolutely, young boys absolutely. but right now like i would argue women are world. worse off if 70% of dudes are killing themselves yeah, right yeah, like yeah, for yeah, sure yeah. so absolutely so i i think uh uh yeah we we have to we have to sort that issue hmm. absolutely hmm. Uh, i want to touch a bit upon globalization you know we live in a globalized economy um tech has brought us you know closer than ever um yet so distant um what is kind of you know it's this whole in globalization and tech i think a, an age old debate which we've always been having since i guess renaissance era times as humans is this balance between privacy and security right and i'm sure you've heard the famous i think it's a ben franklin quote correct me in the comments if i'm wrong where he says oh if you give up privacy for security you'll end up having neither right um so today how do you view it right when we talk about digital infrastructure in public interest collaborating with private companies um how is privacy like an ideal that we have to aspire to is it still a reality do we all have to operate on the assumption that some version of the nsa just has access to you know all our messages and everything we've ever said digitally or kind of your two cents on that and is the sense of collective security while maintaining individual privacy still possible yes um, so so clearly we are there is a camp which says privacy is an construct which has outlived its utility in the digital world yeah. and uh, i spirit is not in that camp <laughs> at all yeah you know we also think the the way the the way we frame this is privacy and personalization so the loss of privacy that is happening is that people are trading it for personalization right right so so because they are saying hey i want a personalized feed on my social media i want a personalized loan yeah. i want a personalized study plan right right i want a personalized ad yeah personalized right? shopping list amazon and personalized yeah. shopping list right so in return for all this they offer you know their personal data because yeah. how can you personalize without if i don't know anything event? about you yeah and and that that has become a, 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 a the way this is implemented today has resulted in loss of privacy right so the question that we have to answer and i think india has already answered that with depa and this is going to become stronger and stronger because our account aggregator system is rocking now you know we're growing still at something like 22% month on month wow. is going to be one of the most it's already one of the biggest systems in the world now what it does is it actually reframes this conversation and let me see if i can explain this very easily we believe you have a right to personalization and uh, and personalization means i must offer up some 
of my personal data. Yeah. But that data is mine. I own that data. I have the golden copy of my personal information. Right. What I am willing to give to you is a silver copy. Yeah. Which is only for that purpose of personalization. So yeah. I have applied for a loan. Yeah. You know, I want a personalized loan. Yeah. So I'll give you whatever you need. Right. But that's a silver copy. You give me a loan offer, which I may accept or not, because I may have given the same, right. you know, loan application to others. And but if either way, whether you gave me a loan or you didn't give me a loan. That silver copy extinguishes itself. Right. So if I come back to you asking for a loan again three months later, yeah, I will again give you my data. You yeah. don't have to store it on your side. It's right. called purpose limitation. Like once you give me those targeted ads, get rid of it, kind of. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? right. And so therefore, you cannot reshare that data. Right. Now, what does? Why is that important? In America, in the U.S., there is consent for collection, but there's no consent for sharing. Yeah. The Indian data regime is built entirely on consent for sharing. Wow. So let's say, you know, I'll give you an example. I want a better predictor of uh, a keyboard, you know, which is going to predict my next words and says, if I know what your calendar is, this, that and the other, I'll be able to make better predictions of what you're going to write yeah. on your phone. I say, fine. But it's only for that purpose. Yeah. Now, now that you have that data, if somebody comes to you and say, hey, can you give me Sharad's data? Yeah. You don't have the You right have no business doing that. Yeah, yeah. You can only share if I have given you consent for sharing. Yeah. Now, consent for sharing should be enforceable. So in the Indian system, only system in the world so far, it is completely electronic in nature. Wow. So it it is, therefore, it is described by... Uh, um, a mnemonic called organs. What is that? It is open. So yes, people can come and ask this entity saying you have the silver copy of Sharad's data. Uh, you know, uh, can it be shared? Um, you know, and the, the law says it cannot be shared without permission. That permission has to be electronic in nature. So that's an open system. It's revocable. I may have given the permission, but I've changed my mind. Right. Uh, so it is granular. I may say, okay, you can change and give something only for the last week and nothing else. Um, it is auditable. And it so when my data is shared, I get a notification, right? It's like when you use UPI and money is transferred, <laughs> you get an SMS yeah. from the bank. So there is better protection. So you know where yeah. your data is going and it is fully secure. So right. it's fully, uh, it, nobody else can because it's all encrypted and so on and so forth. So this system is, is now the, the gold standard. Right. So Bank of International Settlements, which is the central bank to central bank, because it's been first implemented in the financial space in May of last year, has asked all countries in the world to evaluate themselves against the India DEPA model. Wow. Right? That's game now, changing. where does it originate? Right? We must also understand this. So, so I think India will lead the data revolution over time. One of the reasons is called the Putuswami judgment. Yeah. So Puttu Swami judgment, which is which, if I remember right, it came in July uh, 2017, is uh, is a nine zero judgment of the Constitutional Bench, and so overriding it is very hard. <laughs> you yeah. Have an eleven bench judgment, yeah. and then out of the eleven, ten have to agree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So very unlikely to happen, and it says privacy is a fundamental right. Yeah. Right. We are the first country in the world to make this kind of a statement. 
And and this is important because it means it's fabric of the constitution. It's not easy to change. And all the laws, therefore, will be tested against this judgment. Right. And and this techno-legal approach that we are taking, which I described to you a moment ago. Again, if this was just policy, it will just be a paper policy. Right. Nobody will be able to enforce it because, you know, where will you go to court? What happened? You know, courts will be clogged. Nothing will happen. Because it's a techno-legal implementation, it gives you, as because it's a digital public infrastructure of an Indian kind, part of India stack, it gives you the capacity to both innovate, to give me personalized yeah. products and services, as well as keep my privacy completely secure. Best of both worlds. So we yeah. have therefore reframed that debate. Right. Uh, and this framing is now the framing which is starting to move to other parts of the world. Wow. I, the Bank of International Settlements thing, I had no idea. That's yeah. really, really optimistic for us. Uh, kind of moving forward on this same topic of, okay, globalization, where we stand, is do you, like most things, for example, yoga, there are a lot of yoga practitioners overseas who probably don't even know yoga is Indian, right? Just straight off the bat, that's that's a reality I think we all grapple with. Similarly, um, how common is it that, again, it's not like every civilian has to know this, but players in this ecosystem, right? How common is it that, okay, people are aware of this Bank of International Settlements verdict. People are aware of India Stack being a pioneer in some sense. People are aware of the fact that we are drawing this distinction between privacy for personalization and privacy for collective security. Or is it another case where, oh, you know what, like India, we don't have to really credit it. We can kind of, you know, skirt around that. So just your take on that. No, I, I think it is getting out. Uh, why? Because I think we're very powerful social evangelists yeah. uh, who take this out. For example, on the data side, you know, Chris Gopalakrishnan. Ex-Infi, yeah. uh, right? ex who also chaired the NPD, Non-Personal Data Committee, has been at the forefront to educate and evangelize people. Right. You know, in many other areas, for, for example, UPI, an account aggregator, Nandan has been yeah, involved. Yeah, of course. Uh, in many of our policy areas, Mohan Daspai has yeah. been involved. He's uh, been on the show, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ramadurai, uh, okay. you know, who's a, uh, the former CEO of TCS has yeah. been involved. Uh, you know, we, we, we have luckily, you know, a large community of social evangelists uh, who are taking this message forward. Because in a no greed, no glory model, it's very easy to do yeah. that. Yeah, right? true, true, true. Yeah. <laughs> so so we, I think it is going out. But I want to make another point, which I think is important to keep in mind. It might appear that everything that we do should be given away. And I think there is that is true for one class of things. For a digital public infrastructure, everything right. should be given away. But our, but our power, economic power as a country will come from being in what we describe as a circle of five. So let me explain what circle Please, of yeah, five is. Yeah. Circle of five is there are 60 countries that have sent satellites to space. But there are only five countries that can actually transport the satellites to space. India yeah. is one of them. Yeah, wow. Right? There were only five countries that had a COVID vaccine. You know, you had US, you had UK, you had Russia, China, and 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 India. Yeah. Right? So the, this is circle of five, right? Now, you have, do you know of a country that doesn't have a mobile operator? You know, many have many mobile yeah. operators. But all the operators are mostly supplied right. by the same a group, group called HENS, yeah. Huawei, Ericsson, Nokia, and Samsung. Wow. Now, if Huawei cannot sell in the Western world, will an Indian company replace it? 
will india become part of that circle of five yeah that is what will determine whether every, whether we are a powerful economic nation or not right. so we as i spirit have to hold both the thoughts in some areas our goal is to be in that circle of five absolutely yeah yeah right it's not, not in the circle of 60 thing, yeah. it's not free for all yeah. it is actually that is where our economic power will come absolutely. that's where our wealth will come from absolutely, right because yeah. we are able to own something there Uh, but there are some parts where this is like yoga. Yeah, we, yeah. we built it for ourselves, but let the world have it. Yeah, right? yeah for sure. So, so I think we need to keep both these objectives in mind. Now, of course, when we talk about DPI, we keep only this objective in mind. In I Spirit, there's an equally important effort which is called the Vishwamitra effort, which is only about the circle of five effort that, wow, <laughs> that okay. is there, right? Because if as a country right uh, we don't become we are today in circle of five only in a few things some some things digital you could say vaccine space there are not many areas where in the circle of five right. unfortunately you know in the places where it matters for example you know industrial sewing machines which powers garment industry we are not there at all we are not even in the circle of 10 right wow. uh, you know and it's dominated by three countries china you know japan and germany that's a shame because that's where you know so china will make more money from our garment exports than we will make ourselves wow i don't know because that. the real value is in industrial sewing machines yeah supposing we have the world's largest airline yeah right who supplies it to them boeing and airbus yeah there's never been a year other than covid never been a year where the combined profits of boeing and airbus are less than the combined profits of the entire airline industry of the world yeah these two are behemoths essentially yeah. right yeah microsoft is now doing well it had a bad profit year in 2013 but in 2013 it made more money than, than the top else. 20 it services companies of the world put together wow like that's a dream year for them yeah now <laughs> you know th- now of course they're making so much more money that is not even comparable yeah. cisco is having a bad year if they're not part of the hens they would love to be part of the hens kind of you know yeah, they yeah. have they're not doing that well yet they made more money than the top 5 european mobile operators that includes telefonica Vod- includes vodafone the number 1 telefonica the number 2 and others wow. so so the point is one of the problems that we have yeah. which we haven't upgraded our thinking is that that how value capture happens in the modern world is different from the value capture that happened previously right previously if you had cotton you turned this into yarn you can turn this into cloth and then into it has kurta. utility for someone yeah. no matter which stage you were you made money yeah. so if you have oil that is taken out in saudi arabia refined in jamnagar and sold in bangalore all the three players make money right right but let me ask you you know and ask your viewers if they use for example a windows machine you know wintel machine you know they may know that 86% of the profit pool of the wind of the laptop pc ecosystem is controlled by intel and and uh, and uh, and microsoft yeah so the person who made the screen which is not easy to make who made either the hard disk drive or the solid state drive who designed and made the pc who put it all together who sold it who Now branded it and sold it gets 14% yeah. so what does therefore, intel do apart so, from the processing so th- so no because see they are what 
the three things that we haven't done as a country from an economic perspective is that we first didn't understand there is that uneven value capture in the value chain. Right. Right. Because we were told by IMF and World Bank and others saying, don't worry about this. Yeah. Right? So we are very loyal followers of all that stuff. Yeah. So we didn't worry about it. Right. Yeah. So that is number one. Number two is that if you agree that this is uneven, then you have to figure out what's going to be strategic. Right. And then to make it strategic, you have to build an ecosystem because unless there are dozens of companies coming up, you won't see a winner. Market has True. to decide the winner. We made a mistake. So we didn't do the second analysis. In finding winners, we did something that even China as a communist country doesn't do. In India, we said ECIL shall be our electronics winner. CDOT will be our telecom winner. You know, and we anointed winners on day one. Yeah. China doesn't do that. China yeah. lets the market develop right. and anoint then the market Let them decides. And figure the market it out. Yeah, decides. Yeah, for sure. Now they have three hundred EV car companies. Yeah. Out of that, winners will emerge. Yeah. And then they will say become national champions, and they'll help them go global. Yeah. Right. But they're not. They're We're not, not picking, propping it up. From they're not day propping one. it yeah. up right now. So true. the US decided that we want a private space transportation industry, Lockheed, Boeing, SpaceX. you know, SpaceX, and others are competing. They're not choosing the winner. The yeah. market is May choosing the, best the winner. One win. yeah, now yeah. it appears SpaceX has won. Yeah. So therefore, it's easy for them to anoint them as winners. Yeah. We don't do that. Right? right, and and so we kind of intervene and pick our own we, winners, yeah. uh, and therefore that winner says, "Why do I have to worry? Yeah, I'm been yeah. declared a winner. Yeah. I, I don't, I From don't have to one, do it. Yeah. I've been uh, so we therefore we have to change our economic philosophy. Right. So, I think what has happened is right. that we are now at a moment, thirty years later, for as big a revolution in our economic thinking as what happened in ninety one, ninety two. Wow! Because that that S curve has played itself out it's yeah, it's, it's course, not giving kinda, us yeah. it's not giving us the wins that we need anymore yeah. so we need this new thinking which is the circle of five thinking yeah. which requires us to accept unlearn some beliefs that we had earlier and find a new way of building ecosystems and and creating the winners that we need now there are six experiments that i spirit is involved in that yeah. are happening which we called as vishwamitra if three of them succeed yeah. Then I think we'll have a template. Wow. That template can then help us. If we were a Korea or a Thailand, three succeeding would be enough to propel us from a middle income company to a, to high a, income to income. a higher level. Wow. Right? But we are not, we, we are, we are, very low we are income, 15 yeah. times the size of those countries, right? right? And so we need many more. Right. And so we need at least, you know, to be realistic, we need roughly about 10, 12. For having 10, 12, we need instead of six bets yielding three, we need to be able to make at least 16, 17 more bets that will yield another eight more. Right. But that template has to be clear. And my belief is that when history is written, iSpirit's biggest contribution will not be India stack and DPI. What will it be? It this will vision? be this new template that we're talking about. Wow. Okay. And that, that because can that is what puts us to product nation. Yeah. Remember, our DPI and India stack was a defensive move right. so that we don't become a digital colony. Right. And I will say, 
mostly that has happened other than social media right and uh, because we own our own identity the own, you know identity is always going to be digital in any other country how will you know that you're digital you will ask apple because they do face recognition yeah. or google to tell you whether this person is really that person right. the only place where this is not going is to be india, true yeah. is india and those 10 countries that have adopted the indian mosip yeah. solution right yeah. same we own our own payment system you talked about upi it's already doing 46% of the digital payments of the world yeah right and and we'll hit you know 50% you know Shortly, relatively yeah. quickly so we for data as i described we have a unique and the most modern data infrastructure system that lets you get personalization without compromising your privacy so i think we've done the data colonization bit i yeah, would say yeah. reasonably bit good but we've reacted does, smoothly it, but it doesn't get us to being a product nation okay. because the value economic value it comes from being in that circle of five right in a number of areas otherwise you will be a thailand not a korea can i expand yeah. on that please yeah, yeah right of course yeah you know who do you think has higher per capita Now let me ask you a question. Yeah, yeah probably huh. South Korea. I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. It's five point six times that of Thailand. Wow. Okay. But in nineteen seventy four, yeah. Thailand was more than Korea. Really? Wow. And Korea was completing twenty years after the Korean War. Said, "Hey, this is good, but we are capable of more." And they changed. What did they change? They said, "We're going to become a country that actually has products to sell to the rest." Right. Of the right. by what you are being able to do that in number of areas that we know their brands yeah. samsung, samsung kia Hyundai, yeah. you know kia and and all, but we also we don't know that ship building is mostly uh, korean, korean. Wow. and so on and so forth but they've done it in a number of areas and uh, but all that has happened since 1974 and there are six times or 5.6 times now don't forget that let me ask you during this period from 74 to let's say 2000 who has had higher per capita growth per capita income between south korea and between, thailand between that obviously is south yeah. korea between thailand and china possibly china yeah no it's thailand it's thailand well the uh, remarkable thing is that china has managed to almost keep pace with thailand yeah although it's a very big country yeah so what korea is done is broken out so when yeah. we in india talk about how remarkable is china yeah we fail to understand how super remarkable is korea, korea yeah true <laughs> what they've done is mind blowing right yeah, yeah, so we sure. are at a fork in the road now yeah will we be a thailand of tomorrow or a korea where can you name a thai thai brand to me red bull is originally thai right but it's not a thai brand it's not owned by yeah now austrian yeah. yeah that's yeah. true yeah so that's it i just said that's it yeah. but you can obviously name korean brand yeah. so will we be a thailand of the future or a korea of the future yeah. will we be a spain of the future yeah i hope your spanish listeners don't yeah. get upset with this no no of course or the french of of france of the future right so tell me is spain in g20 no it's not oh Or is what do we? No, it's not. It's not right. Yeah. What do we buy from France? We buy submarines. Yeah. We buy nuclear plants. Yeah. We buy jets also. Right. Planes, yeah, yeah. We buy Airbus. Yeah. Right. What do we buy from Spain right now? Olive oil. Yeah. So are we going to be an olive oil country? Yeah. Or are or we going to, country, or yeah. going to be a Rafael country? Wow. Yeah. That is the next thirty years. Yeah. And my submission to the young listeners that we have. is 
this is what they must become part of right this is what will give them the impetus yeah. that the liberalized economy gave to people of my age group right right which is that it opened up right. the economy and we were able to participate it and in, in, in it this new india that is going to emerge which yeah. is a product nation india yeah which is it looks impossible today right. <laughs> but yeah. is you know it is not impossible at all right. it will happen and that's the india they must become part of wow. and to be part of this india they have to figure out what type of a person they need to become yeah they either have to become they have to embed themselves in science and technology live at the cutting edge of technology and scientific ideas or they have to become live in the world of people and be entrepreneurs who can bring smart people together because it's a multidisciplinary group of people that will sure. actually so they either have to exert people leadership in which case they have to be able to work with the sheldons yeah. who will belong to the other world For right sure. yeah, and yeah. and so so therefore in this barbell kind of economy it's going to be these two poles and we need both of them 100%. for india to become a it's a, not either a, a new type an of an economy yeah. for us to change the structure of the economy we've done it in the last 30 years and it is time for another orbit shift wow. as we go forward you spoke about all this reason for being optimistic about how india should position itself as a product nation break into the circle of five you gave the juxtaposition between a south korea and a thailand all that i buy one concern i have is i think see look we we banned tiktok and stuff right but we banned them not because it was dumbing down our population we banned it because it was an india china geopolitical situation right and we we have like our own indian counterparts to tiktok which i would argue have the same self fulfilling purpose right catering to the lowest common denominator and it's a race to the bottom from there how do we kind of you know spread this message that hey listen you can be either at the cutting edge of tech and at this frontier or you can be someone who mobilizes capital labor resources and be an enterprising individual when i think there's again i'm not going to get into whether it's orchestrated and intentional but there is in front of us this ongoing dumbing down of our population right attention spans are lower than ever people are more depressed than ever people are you know spending less time outdoors and engaging in physical activity than ever um in fact uh pragat the my guy behind the camera he was just telling me about how his one of his family members has a 2 year old son or 2 year old daughter with access to an ipad so all these four five things are certainly variables in really dumbing down our population right how do we kind of solve see, for that see luckily for us our we our culture resurgence has to happen this is the only way to do this yeah and we have to engage ai to bring about that cultural resurgence right this is the only answer that luckily we know the answers you know it's it's not something it and you know so, so the fact that we can have this tacit knowledge about the culture go from one generation to the next used to work like a charm yeah it is not working now because there is no teacher yeah that you know that intergenerational transfer is not working and this new teacher that has to emerge yeah has to be based on ai right. and so to my mind it there is a resurgence to some extent about indian cultural values as well right, right. and you can you can see that uh, happening and i think if we if we let that happen right and you know in some in that in the strictly uh uh 
root word would be conservatism cultural conservatism that doesn't mean that you know we go back to some old bad practices yeah, yeah, no but the fact stuff, yeah. is that in some sense and i i love i remember this beautiful interview between uh, amish tripathi and uh, barkhadat okay in 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 lucknow or somewhere in up it was was it was that a lit fest or something i don't it wasn't it was actually a school you know there was some school event or something right, but I, yeah. but you know and amish uh, uh, tiwari made a very uh, tripathi i think he made a very powerful he said in some sense when it comes to any segment that of the population that we're talking about if you're looking for progressive values we have them inside our own culture right right and we have to use that as a foundation to amplify it within the rest of the society pointing to what's happening in the west doesn't take root with most of our population of course so i think we have the answers to these problems right these answers have to be amplified right they have to be delivered to people in a way that they consume them that has to happen at scale right i think the good part is that if you go to any other country they don't have the answers yeah <laughs> right yeah. they don't have an amplification yeah, problem yeah, yeah. we have an amplification amplification problem right. uh, we have the answers so that is this rootedness because this lack of rootedness which is a source of this problem that we are talking about because people are not rooted to anything at all yeah. right i mean uh, that's why it's easy to dumb them down that is why it's easy to dumb them down so if you have to go back and root them to something you know we are the living culture in which that rootedness can be provided right it can be provided for anybody if you're super religious you can find rootedness yeah. you're a atheist you can still find rootedness cultural rootedness in our culture right Absolutely. so that rootedness has to be delivered in a way that has never been possible before and i think this has to be taken on in right. a big way the only contribution where techies like us can think of is to make sure that indian ai you know using responsible ai is available for people to be able to do that it right. is people like you who yeah. are you know fostering these conversations creating content you will be the ones who will make it happen no right? the, the 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 rest of the stuff is merely going to be an enabler no i i i fully agree with that and i you know all those things make me optimistic as well but just one last thing before mm. we start to wrap it up about cultural resurgence right i i also do believe that our culture has a lot of the answers a cultural resurgence will anchor us you know in, against this dumbing down storm we're up against my question is this so i'm not sure if you saw it i think it was i'll put up the infographic when the episode's out but i think it was the initial stages of chat gpt where uh, someone someone it just went viral on social media someone posted someone challenged chat gpt hey crack a joke about African American people crack a joke about Hispanic people crack a joke about Indian people right in the first two cases um again i apologize if it wasn't chat gpt i'll get the exact one on the infographic but whatever the ai was for those first two instances it responded with hey listen uh you know i can't make insensitive comments to offend people that's not the purpose of it right in the third case when it was like hey tell me a joke about indian people it it turned into prime jerry seinfeld and started dishing out all the jokes right um that again was i think one of the and now i'm sure they fixed it after hue and cry but like this there are many cases where there's kind of a double standard when we speak about cultural resurgence where okay i won't dare even in my wildest nightmares to say something about xyz community but i'll kind of have a go at right. indians right. right no no so look regulation of ai 
will not solve this problem. Right. No, 100%. It is regulation for AI. I'll explain. Yeah. See, the difference between the old world and the new world, post, pre and post AI, is that if you take a child and don't worry about anything, it's in a, let's say, a joint family system, you can be sure the child will start speaking. Yeah. Right? And But if you immerse the child with walls of writing, the child will not learn how to read or write. Yeah, yeah. Right? There are some things that we learn immersively and some things have to be taught to us. Right. Right? So, for example, if there were, we, both of us, you know, went every day in the morning uh, to watch two grandmasters play chess and we did that diligently for six months, we are not going to We're become... We're not going to become Magnus Carlsen. Level. We are not yeah. going to become chess yeah. grandmasters. But if we have an AI system doing the same thing every day in It'll the morning... It'll pick it up, yeah. It will pick it up. Right. Right? So what AI is doing is helping represent tacit knowledge, which it is able to extract in a way that has never been possible before. Right. Right? You know, and, and therefore the question is, which tacit knowledge are you going to train it on? True. If you don't have an Indian AI model building ecosystem, yeah. you know, which is relying on Indian tacit knowledge to train, yeah. then obviously what you're going to get is the situation that you described. Then you may regulate it. I mean, regulation yeah. may happen with the government or it may happen from open AI and they'll say, we'll not, you know, we'll do yeah. this. But, but that'll all, there'll yeah. be an unending battle. That's not the permanent solution to this problem. Right. The permanent solution is we are a land rich yeah. in knowledge. Yeah. Some of it codified and some of it is not codified. Right. We have to find a way to build our own AI economy. Which can reflect our values. Which can our reflect that knowledge and give it and make it, you know, make everybody to be able to absorb it and, and use it in a way that was not possible before. Right. So we have a cultural imperative to absolutely. create an AI economy in India. Right, absolutely. Right? absolutely. Not of consuming the stuff from the West, but creating the stuff that we need. And for consumption. For consumption locally. Yeah. And that requires new thinking. You know, that's another one-hour podcast by <laughs> itself. If you invite me back, we'll do that. Yeah, but, sure. but, uh, but, uh, but that's uh, what uh, has to happen. So I think, just to summarize, right? Yeah. I mean, there are some, I think we've come a long way, but there are some imperatives in front of us. The imperative that we should all focus on is the imperative of Circle of Five. Yeah. There'll be only five countries, if at all that, Right who will have the capacity to build AI models on yeah. right? Right. Today, there are essentially two, US and China. That's it, yeah. Will we be the third? Right. And maybe they'll be the fourth and the fifth. We have no problem, you know, the more come in. That, yeah. But we have to uh, at least and become, be in one elite the, circle, yeah. become one of the circle of five. We, sure. we, luckily, we have to do that for telecom. We have to do that for health. If uh, we have to keep our population healthy, there is a new way of keeping population healthy. You know what that is? What is it? It's called cell biology, right? A synthetic biology, computational biology. What does it say? It says body has the ability to heal itself. Yeah. So instead of giving a cancer patient chemotherapy. Also cellular voltage and yeah, stuff. Take right? his yeah, cells yeah, out yeah, and yeah, yeah. let his body solve his own cancer. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. And aiding in that process is a microbiome. Yeah. Who, you know, who has the biggest tacit knowledge about how to control your old biomite. It's uh, called Aryuved. Yeah, right? Yeah, so sure. the point is, if we can synthesize this new era of, 
of of uh, treating people yeah. and and become a, a a creator of these health resources in the circle of five yeah. then we will be able there's to there's no stopping our, us th- then there is no stopping us right. you know if we have to do that in defense because of china yeah. in fact i think china is the best thing that has happened to us really because it's kind of incentivized us to level up is that safe to say why yeah. do you think israel does well Yeah, because of the it pressure no around option. it. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Why surrounded did, by hostile? Why did Taiwan do well? Yeah, you know, if it didn't, it would have yeah. no chance to stand up to I China. Agree. You know, now with China breathing down our neck, yeah, it You're is going to, to yeah. force us because they will be in the circle of five. You no, know, right. let's Australian. There's an Australian in March. You may have been aware of, and you know, you can include it in your description. There's a critical technology analysis that came. Of forty-four technologies, of forty-four technologies, China is ahead in thirty-seven of them. No way! Wow. Right now, luckily they don't mention solar and AI. They completely run. Yeah, yeah. It, right? So, yeah. so, so they, they luckily they don't mention um, only one, but they mention the top five. India is in nineteen of the forty-four in, in the, the top, top five. five. Wow. Okay. Right. Yeah. Of that, eight are because of high spirits. Wow. Shout out another eight yeah. is as a result of National Chemical Laboratories, which is the you know we have lot of power uh, in there. The best run lab, uh, you you may have heard of Ramesh uh, Mashilkar, who was the head of National Chemical Laboratory, went on to become CSIR head. So we have lot of areas like that, and then there are other areas like space and so on and so forth. So the question is, but that's not good enough because we are not. We have to improve that as we go forward, and uh, and what will motivate us to improve that? Because we we our focus has to shift from Pakistan absolutely yeah. to now be better. Right, China. I know. And that is going to be the galvanizing function right. for the next thirty years. Absolutely. And that is where everybody who is in your age group should think about how can they be part of this new India. Right. That is going to go down this path, and what kind of a thing? What should they do? Yeah. And how should they be the best version of themselves? Wow. Hmm. Uh, right before, just a couple more questions. I want to touch hmm. on something which uh, Mr. Sharad said. I think it's really, really important. um about how ayurveda and such practices can actually potentially cure cancer i'm not going to claim to be a you know huge oncologist but i'll get to the facts they do say that majority of cancer patients tend to have what they call a low cellular voltage um in yoga meditation any sort of indic practice they'll tell you that this mudra is done this way because we have like electrical signals at our joints and it's just something to consider about the power of breathing the power of and it's all related to how cortisol is less likely to be secreted all of which has you know bodily impact so why do you think mindfulness and ayurveda are becoming multi billion industries like there is just some food for thought there while all that's true i want to again not to constantly play devil's advocate uh, while i too am optimistic about mindfulness and yoga and the powers of healing and looking inward and spirituality i think all that we will win you know i think there's too much in the pudding for people not to consider the facts my question to you is this uh even though you know we might enter a new era of learning and interactive education in the future the traditional school college system is still king when it comes to academic dissemination of knowledge in india right and maybe in large parts of the world does the current academic setup by way of higher education right is it safe to say that 
you know, promoting Indic pride and galvanizing a cultural resurgence is not on, again, 51%, not to generalize this whole academic fraternity, but it's not high on their list of priorities. Is that safe to say? Yes, absolutely. I think we failed yeah. with pedagogy reform. Right. You know, and, and, and curriculum reform. Right. And I think if you have to look back and total up things over the last 10 years, um, you know, we could say we've done DPI well, but we failed in education. I think in its circle of five, at least in telecom, in a few areas, we've at least made a start. Uh, so I think it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a, I'm glad you bring this up. It's an area that needs attention. And, uh, and we have, because we have to begin to recognize that this tacit knowledge that we hold as a unbroken civilization, the oldest unbroken civilization, Ever, yeah. is more valuable than, right. than we ourselves appreciate, right? And in this new world, see, what is going to happen is, I think AI is going to force us to redefine what does it mean to be human. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's, yeah, not, that's, a, fair, that's, un, that's not a controversial statement. No, I'm and, and as you do that, you will have to lean on this tacit knowledge. Yeah. Because that purpose of being human is not going to be about transactional stuff. Right, yeah. It is not even going to be about outbound stuff. Right. It is going to be about the deeper stuff that our culture holds right. and, and, and values. So I think India should have an aspiration to define just the way the European, you know, starting from Florence with art renaissance, going to Germany for 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 religious reformation right. then going to uk for science yeah. and then industrial and then along the way they became the definers of what the world of the future should look like yeah. that allowed them to be colonizers exactly, of the world yeah. now india has no colonizing uh, objective it's not yeah. in our dna at all but i think it is a legitimate goal to have right. that the new definition of human society that has to emerge should emerge from india no, because absolutely. we have the best thinking process absolutely. around it we have to coalesce our thinking around it then we have to use methods to amplify it so that we are able to give it to our own people but also give it to the rest of the world not for colonization yeah. but for the goodwill of the world. no absolutely uh, just two more questions and we'll wrap up mm. what's been an enthralling episode I'll be linking iSpirit and uh, Sharad do you have your Twitter or something you want yeah, to share yeah. as well yeah. Yeah. All, this is my all that'll be linked in the bio yeah. but just two more questions before we wrap up so one is on the one last thing about AI so there's a school of thought which suggests that um, the next step on this evolutionary chain is going to be, or if not the next step, the final step is going to be machine, where we straight up become machines, right? And um, I've always been of the belief that if that is true, what we're currently seeing with social media addiction and people just being hooked on tech 24-7 is kind of the buffer zone between man to machine, wherein you become so, you know, your herd mentality becomes so strong that you just say whatever is popular to get social goodwill and brownie points. You lose your sense of self, you lose your sense of critical autonomy, you lose your sense of critical thinking, all things which are so vital to the human experience, right? And you become robot-like and machine-like, where you parrot, you know, what's trending, you just say things for validation and likes. Um, and essentially, that's going to be the buffer zone we find ourselves with the next generation of people, right? Is that a concern at all that we're 
you know, if, and it could be a lot of things, right? It could be fear of getting shamed, fear of getting cancelled for saying something, um, fear of, you know, just arguments, confrontation, and number of reasons could inform this. But do you think that's a legitimate fear wherein people are, forget man to machine, on the way we're actually going to become machine-like because we're going to lose our sense of self-critical thinking and autonomy along the way? We could. I don't think we would. Okay. Let me explain why. See, this conception of a human being, there have been two conceptions all along. There has been the traditional economist conception, which is that of a utilitarian model yeah. of this. But this utilitarian model doesn't explain many things. And therefore, even in economics, the one of the most prominent new fields is behavioral economics because yeah. they realize <laughs> this conception of a human that we have incorrect. is yeah. not actually correct. We have to think of that person differently. Right. right? And and But this utilitarian model which is really about individuals as cogs, as as robots. Uh, there is an, then a whole economic model surrounding it. And that perhaps has been the the globalization model, which right. which suppresses or dismisses, you know, the the cultural uh, context within which human operate. Right. right. So this has been there. And it, I would say, you know, the, the World Economic Forum globalization is a manifestation of yeah, that yeah, thinking. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Right? 100%. And, but that is in retreat now. Yeah. Uh, now, the alternate model is to see a human being in the context of the social fabric, the cultural fabric within which that operates, yeah. right? Uh, it's, it is, it is uh, you know, it, if you see the Indian view, there is even a more extreme view. You know, one view is that you know, that everybody has a soul, yeah. right? You know, the Indian view is that a soul is the actual material. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's the uh, and the rest yeah. is merely a manifestation, right? right. Uh, as you go forward. So there are these competing views. I think AI has the power to amplify both because AI is a, is a arms merchant. Yeah, true. <laughs> to the they, highest bidder, yeah, it goes. Yeah. It will be used by both sides yeah, yeah, to advance sure. their views, right? Yeah. And and so so the question is, you know, can India, yeah, uh, if it believes in this alternate view, use AI effectively to advance its view? I think the tussle will remain. Yeah, and and I think we shall come out on top. Yeah, we and the question is that needs effort. That yeah. needs that it is not a it's not going to happen automatically, and and but it is a worthy cause, and I think that is a cause that people are willing to embrace. Right, and that is a cause if we take then that will win. Why will it win? Because this kind of thinking is what has allowed us yeah. to be the unbroken civilization we are. Right. I don't think it's an accident. It no, is, no, it's not it, it, yeah. yeah. So if it is not an accident, then it's a result of something, you know, that gave us an advantage to Absolutely. be able to compete with these competing ideas yeah. that came, but were able to find a footing, but not be able to overwhelm it, right? right and, and that, I think, gives me confidence that this is, if we can now use AI yeah. to embrace this, as would the other side. Yeah. The battle continues, right. except the weapons have changed. No, absolutely. <laughs> um, and one last question to wrap right. up uh, this episode is if you could tell the, like I said, a third of my listenership is based in India. We call them the thinking adults, um, thinking humans, yeah. Um, so the, if you could kind of give one piece of advice, huh. right, to someone who's Indian and tuning in for huh. this on, okay, like, how to equip yourself going forward for huh. this 
cultural resurgence and battle we're going to find ourselves in a and b how is what is rather the reason you're so confident you keep saying the term unbroken civilization right uh the egyptians at 1.1 broken the greeks were 1.1 broken the romans at 1.1 broken all legendary civilizations as well now they're all a thing of the past right like no one in greece or egypt actually praised any of those gods follows any of those customs they're just some version of islam and catholicism um so how are you so confident that we won't end up like the greeks or the egyptians who were once unbroken legendary civilizations and first and foremost what's a message you have to a uh, young indian who may be tuning in You know, I love a book. It's okay. called the Sports Gene. It okay. poses a question. It says, in the last thirty years, forty years, if you look at it, in almost any form of sport, especially individual sports, there's been extraordinary improvement in performance. Right? I mean, yeah. you can say athletics is like that. Much of endurance sports is like that. Yeah. Cycling. You know, you take anything. It applies. Humans yeah. are doing things that were considered impossible. Impossible. Yeah. Right? Now, is it because evolution has happened? right yeah answer is no yeah so he then outlines and explains in that book three things that are very important and i think i'll relate those three things to what your question is first he says that look every sports has a body type yeah right so if you want to endomorph exomorph uh, yeah if, if you want to play you know basketball you better be tall right yeah. that's an advantage but if you want to be a swimmer again it helps being tall but tall in a different way than the basketball tall because right. your torso should be long rather than you know hands being long right right and and limbs being long and so what has happened is able to show empirically with data that just by knowledge that is there there is a better fit between body type and the sports that people play well wow. right yeah and therefore by having this better fit there is a raising of performance right? right i'll come back to this concept a little later second he says of course training has improved right and you nutrition can, nutrition stuff, yeah. and all of that but the third one is the mindset has changed earlier we thought the body is fragile if i if i run you know uh, beyond this point my body will just collapse right, right? then win winhof comes and climbs the everest without yeah <laughs> without any oxygen yeah. and, and so 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 this mindset about the body has changed uh, itself so these three things are important now we are in a era just like sports if you want to be the best version of yourself you should better pick the sport that fits your body type right you better have a good teacher yeah right and you should have the right mindset yeah we are now in an era where every human being has to embrace these principles right the difference is that if you want there has to be a match between yourself and what you plan to do right so you know sometimes we because of india stack we say there's a human stack right <laughs> the human stack is that can for example can you change your height no, no you can't can you change your weight Yeah, you, you can. can. So, of course. So, in this in this spectrum of things that you can't change and things you can change, you can change your weight. Can you change your emotion? You can listen to music. You can have somebody hug you. Your emotions will change. Yeah. Can you change your fears? Harder to change, but they're changeable, yeah. right? Can you change your beliefs? Yeah. You know, somebody who's on one side of the political aisle often, sometimes, yeah, not often, cross the aisle, go, yeah. will cross the aisle. Yeah. It doesn't happen very often, but it's yeah. possible. So the unchanging part of you yeah. is today called personality. 
Yeah, wow. Right? And that's called the big five personality. And yeah. there are 10 traits that are unchanging. Yeah. If you can figure out who you are, then you can say you can match yourself to what you are doing. Yeah. Right? So it, we we call it that you treat every human being like an orchid. Yeah. Right? If you have lots of roses, all can be grown in one greenhouse. Yeah. But orchids, which are older plants, yeah. you know, they need, you know, and you go to Himalayas, the, the foothills of Himalayas, India has many orchid research centers. They all have many greenhouses. Right. Because orchids are such diverse flowers, very yeah. pretty flowers. But some need arid soil, some need this, some need that. Yeah. So human beings are like orchids. Right. So they have to figure out first, yeah. which requires inner work right. to have self-knowledge, to know who they truly are, yeah. and then find something to right. do. Because it is that mix, that that match, that will give you the first edge. Absolutely. Right? The There's second, no one size fits all. There is no one size fits all. Yeah. That is the thing that this generation understands intuitively. Yeah. Our generation didn't. Yeah. You become a doctor, you don't care. Make yourself malleable and make it happen somehow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was that was the, the advice that was then, given. Yeah. Right? That is changing now. Right. And and the second is enroll the best teacher you can. That, I think, is going to change. We will see AI augment the best teachers. Right. Because that's what's going to become available in a large... Right. Way. Which made the Greeks and Egyptians didn't we, have back Exactly. Then. Yeah, okay. And the third is, we need the right mindset. Right. Mindset is a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. I don't create my own mindset. Yeah. Mindset is a shared It's conditioned. Yeah. It is conditioned. Yeah. And that is where we have to focus on. And that links back to your earlier conversation. So, coming back to people, I would say... Please focus on being the best version of yourself. Yeah. Please find an area where you can combine passion and purpose. Yeah. You know, I was, uh, I'm not great in music, but I ended up, uh, you know, I was in Germany and in Berlin and there was this Roger Waters event yeah. that was happening. He's, I think, 78 years old. Wow. Right. Uh, and uh, uh, so Pink Floyd. Yeah, right? yeah of and course. So, so I, you know, somebody took me to that concert and, I saw that energy. Whether you yeah. agree with his political beliefs or not debate, is not yeah, yeah. relevant he's at all. He's a total all. rock star. Right? Yeah, yeah, the course, point yeah. is yeah. that he's living a life full yeah, yeah. of passion and purpose, right? 100%, and yeah. look, the only life that will be meaningful tomorrow yeah. is going to be a life of passion and purpose. Wow. So which why not means, live it, yeah. Which means you must know yourself. Yeah. And if at all we have to know ourselves, that's the mindset we already hold, right? Yeah. It's not something... That has to be taught to us. It's it is, inherent to it us. It is yeah. inherent to us. Wow. So we now need to find the right teachers. We need to find the right people who can enable us to be the best version. But let's not try to be a doctor, uh, engineer. You know, just follow what has been given don't to us. The herd, the, yeah. Don't follow the herd. Don't follow the herd. Wow. Thank you so much. That hmm. should bring wraps on an amazing episode. So yeah, thank you so much. I'll be plugging iSpirit and Sharad in the link below. Um, but yeah, any last words? Yeah. No, no, I think thank you yeah. so much for having me. I, that's uh, really... Cheers, yeah. yeah. Thanks, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank, 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 thank you. Thank you.